Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my finest friends. Um, welcome to episode 11 of season four of the Tom Petty Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Brown, but you probably already know that. Um, this is the podcast that digs into the entire Tom Petty catalogue, song by song, album by album, and includes conversations with musicians, fans, and people connected with Tom along the way. Um, speaking of uh, fans, today's episode is a fantastic conversation that I had with Janet Lavelle back in early July. Um, Janet will be well known to members of the Tom Petty Nation. Um, she posts in there fairly regularly and always always comes up with great content and shares some of the stuff that she that she owns, um, which is always interesting. Um, and it was great to spend a couple of hours in her company and geek out over Tom and his music. Um, and again, she has a pretty incredible collection of Tom Petty memorabilia, and merchandise, and she was incredibly gracious uh, in sharing so much of it with me. Um, however, as this is primarily in audio format, I've cut almost all of the show and tell out. And what I'm going to do is edit that together as a sort of a bonus YouTube version of it, showing me the, these treasures. And I'll publish that sometime this week as a, as a fun little extra. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if I ever get the chance to go to Denver, um, I'm definitely going to be heading over to Janet's house and knocking on the door so that I can sit down with her and have her show me the rest of her collection. Enjoy. Okay, so is that where is that where you were brought up? Then we'll we'll dig straight into your, sort of your background. Where where were you born? I grew up in New Jersey. I'm oh. an East Coast girl. Yeah. So you grew up with Springsteen and all those kinds of guys, Jackson Brown yeah. probably in that. Okay. And so what was what was music like in the in the home? Was it were your parents musical or Yeah, and you know, we had the great big console in the living room that had the the record player sitting on top, you know, and the TV inside and um they listened to a lot of, you know, older music like Engelbert Humperdinck and right. my mom loved Tom Jones and yeah. A lot of the, you know, the older generation stuff. Who doesn't like Tom Jones? <laughs> I would get, uh, you know, my records and play them on the on the stereo, but I had to listen with the headphones on because, you know, my parents weren't particularly fond of what I was listening to. So. What, what was that? Well, just a lot of stuff, you know, coming in the 70s. I loved Led Zeppelin and, and some of the older bands. Um I have a lot of Led Zeppelin, a lot of Beatles, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same kind of stuff I grew up with. I mean, I, and The Who I grew up with and The Kinks and yes. the T-Rex and all those kinds of bands, right? And again, just getting those vinyl records. I mean, kids don't understand that today. And getting the record, putting it on the turntable, you're kind of locked in then, right? Because you're not going to start messing around with the needle-skipping songs. So you listen to a whole album. Yes, so and like, you know the songs in the order they're supposed to be. Yes. I don't know if you ever found, like, I remember when um, when Queen released Greatest Hits and we started to listen to Greatest Hits, every, it's that everything's out of sequence. So you know when Another Bond Bites the Dust finishes, well, the next song off, off the game is supposed to be Sail Away Sweet Sister, but now it's, you know, that, now it's something else. And it just messes with your brain a little bit, right? So, And that was my uh, younger brother's favorite band. Yeah. Queen? Yep. Good choice, good choice. Them. Yeah, yeah. So when did you, do you remember a point at which you sort of became aware of Tom Petty or a so, point where you sort of just fell in love with his music? Yes, and and my story is kind of what, what 
the band got categorized in the beginning because I first heard them in 77 in the spring. And I was at a friend's house and um, her older sister was very punk. And, okay. and her friend was there who was in my grade. So we were all friends. And uh, she said, come downstairs. We went down the basement to her room to listen to this record. And it was the debut album. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, when you're growing up in the 70s and, you you know, you hear the songs and everybody's like, Leonard Skinner, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, you know, all yeah. those bands. I didn't want to just jump on somebody else's bandwagon. So when I heard this band who like wasn't really getting much airplay yet at all, I was like, this is my band. And of course I went out and bought the album right away and like never looked back. It's, it's, it's been ever since. It's always been my favorite band. Never have I wavered. Um, I have so much stuff, Kevin, like I could show you and, and, and talk to you about and stuff just that I collected over time that, um, like my, my introduction, I was working for the Denver post at one time, like this was in 89. That's when I moved out here and, uh, I got a job there and we had to fill out this form, you know, tell us about you thing and on their favorite musician, Tom Petty, like, it's it's never never stop and it's it's you know i've got some kind of funny stories of of just being at some of those shows the earlier ones and um because i i just rem- i remember of course who i was with and what was going on there and <laughs> yeah it really frames it music does it's a through line if you love music it's a through line through your whole life right you connect certain yeah. people to it you connect certain places to it certain songs are very meaningful and so but yes. that, that so it was instant for you though like as soon as you heard that band in tom's voice that was yes. just you were in yes that's so cool yeah i mean because i so obviously came to it a lot later but yeah <laughs> so what would yes. have been the first what was the first show you saw then when did you see them live first so the first one was if you remember Stephen markowitz's post you know he recorded um tom petty at um they were they were at a show called uh, tomorrow coast to coast and it was uh, july 16th 1981 and i went to the taping of that show because i knew they were going to be there and i had to call for tickets and then they mailed them to me in the mail i got two i dragged my little brother with me he was fine <laughs> with it because we lived in new jersey so we either had to take the train or the bus into yep. the city and uh, we went to the show and that was just like amazing and the sound in there was it was a small studio yeah and and i have to say the smallest audience i've ever seen them in and yeah it's just funny that it was the first time but i'll show you Sure, yeah, yeah. This is oh, my ticket that from is the show. So cool. And of course my brother didn't keep his. <laughs> That's in such good condition though. Yeah, I I um I probably kept it in a book or something until I I have this little box, this little woven metal box that, you know, something from the 70s you know, probably yeah. my parents gave it to me and I lined it with felt and I used to put all my concert tickets in there. So you got so, all of them? I don't have all of them. I have a oh, lot okay. of them. 
Because yeah. I was part of that. I was, I was talking to, um, I did another podcast with someone, someone else's podcast, and they were asking about the name of my podcast, the Tom Petty Project, and why it's project rather than podcast. And I said, one of the things that eventually I want to do is build out my website so that it's a fan hub where things like this, where we could have, wouldn't it be cool to get a photo of every single gig they ever played? You know, and get the set list dead right because set list FM is pretty good, but I think, you know, the fans yeah, who don't remember, think- they know. I've seen some mistakes in there. So it's, yep. it's, it's mostly reliable, but I think sometimes people are relying on memory that isn't yeah. so good anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we get older, it all starts to fade, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard, I heard um, a wonderful quote from a comedian I listened to. He said, it's just like, they're like fingerprints on an abandoned handrail. You know, those memories, they just fade away. I was like, oh, I'm yes. using that one. So, yes. so how, how many times then? Cause I know that you've seen, you saw the band a lot. Do you know how many times you've seen them? Yeah, I do. And and I'm not one of the people that got to see them, you know, 60 times or 50 yeah. times. Actually, I can I can run off and tell you because I actually have I think I have all my tickets, but so 81 was the first one, but that was on a television show. Yeah. So then that, I saw them in 85. And was that that was or, three songs or four, how many songs was that that TV two. show? That was two, was two. and a okay. Yeah. Right. And uh then I saw them in 85 for the Southern Accents tour. And that was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next one was uh, 91 for Into the Great Wide Open tour. That was out here in Colorado. Okay. As, uh, the other one was Jersey. And then, and then life happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I had a child, um, moved around a bit. So, and, yeah. and money was not flowing and, and concerts were just so much of a luxury that I couldn't, I was always listening, but couldn't yeah. go. And very sad because I knew that the shows were going on that were near me. Yeah. And, and so there was quite a stretch between that and the next one. And, and, uh, so the next one for me was actually, um, uh, Crutch. And okay. uh, that was in 2016. So see, that's a long time, two children later and lots of moving around. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Mud Crutch, then the 40th anniversary tours. I saw both shows at Red Rocks. Oh, and, yeah, it was great. It was great, especially it rained both times, but like the rainstorm the second day was the worst because... <laughs> There was lightning. I mean, it was pretty scary to be there at that time because you're wow. you're on a hill and you're outside, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the clouds are pretty low because you're wow. so high. And and uh, but that that caused them to play, give us some extra songs, and that was pretty pretty fun. That's and then, so cool. And then I went to the very last show at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, you did. You were at that one. Yes. Oh, wow. That must yes. be something else. I mean, I was going to say, though, too, because I, I was going to ask, actually, if you'd seen them at Red Rocks, because that is, I think that probably it's at least in my top three venues that I want to I want to see. I'll see anybody there. I don't care because it just looks so cool, that place. You have to go to a show there. It's amazing. Yeah. It's 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 so fun. I've seen I've seen uh, Grateful Dead there. I've seen a lot of bands there, but I saw the yeah. Grateful Dead there like in 87 and um i used to visit before i moved out here yeah so um but yeah i 
something told me, and Kevin and I have never, ever flown anywhere to go see a show, Right. but something told me, and it's just weird the way that happened. Like something said, you have to go, you have to go. And like the day that the, the show, it, it was supposed to be the 21st and then they added another show and then they added another show. Yeah. So when they were doing the first one, I was at a Renaissance festival, like out in the middle of the woods and, um, I couldn't get a good signal. So yeah. I, I could only get seats in what they were calling the terrace boxes, which were kind of back. And, yeah. you know, once you get to sit close, you know, you kind of don't want to go back there yeah. anymore. And, and uh, so then they had tickets for the next, you know, when they added the second show. And I think it was a complete fail for me. I just couldn't get anything even remotely close. Like even those terrace boxes were out of the question at this point. Right. And then, and then they announced the third show and um, I don't remember what happened. I just remember that I, I didn't get tickets and I was really bummed out. And then uh, six days before the show, Ticketmaster released second row tickets <laughs> in the pool, like really right in front of the stage. And I was like, well, wow. <laughs> and, and I got one and I, so now I, ha I have a ticket. I don't have a flight. I got to be there in six days. <laughs> don't have a place to stay. Don't know how to get around there. You know, don't really know anything about LA. I, I, yeah. I've been south of there, but never there. So it all worked out. Um, I, I went anyway, but thank God. Thank God I did. No and kidding. I, I couldn't have been closer. I mean, I could have walked up to the stage, but I was like, you know, I just wanted to be respectful and stay at my spot. So I did. <laughs> yeah. Second row though. I mean, that is, that's crazy. That's so cool. And I like that because yeah. I think, you know, I've talked with other people like this. I, I assume probably that that was Tom and the band doing that saying, let's release some of these tickets late because fans don't always get tickets. And Tom was always very conscientious about making sure that the, the fans, not scalpers, not well, as much as they could do, that the, the tickets ended up in the hands of real fans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I made sure um, some of my other friends got tickets in that row also, because once I got mine, I was like, okay, now I can help somebody else out. It's just like yeah. when you get on the plane, you put your mask on first, then you give somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously that last show then becomes very sentimental and very sort of special, meaningful to you, but having been the chance to be there. Um, any other shows that like, of the other shows that you saw? Were there any real standouts or sort of real standout songs that you just just blew you away? So the Into the Great Wide Open tour was just amazing because that's when they had this huge dramatic stage setup. Yeah. They had the great big tree, and you know there was a story to go with it. And that one, that's the one I always say is the most magical of all of them. Yeah. I love every single show that I've that I've been to, but like that for me was just it was so much fun and yeah. stand to sing and it, it was just a fantastic show and and yeah. i was there i was there with uh my manager from the denver post okay and i remember being there at the show and everybody's passing things by passing <laughs> by and i'm just like no thank you <laughs> <laughs> But that set, yeah, I mean, I remember because that set, there's the, obviously there's, there's video footage of that tour and when they do Don't Come Around Here No More and the chest opens and it's got the light and he's sprinting around and it, it, 
I think that's when, because and- I saw Pink Floyd live and I've seen Alice Cooper live. When you put a little bit of sort of theater into it, it definitely changes the whole the whole atmosphere, right? And you, you get into it in a different way. Yes, yes. And they put on, you know, um, they had guys running on the stage because he went up, you know, at one point and comes out with this big peace sign ring. Yeah. And he's chasing after this guy in a, in a Ronald Reagan mask <laughs> yeah. and these politicians. It was just so funny. Yeah. But it, was, it, was, it, was, it was great. Yeah. Um, and so, like, obviously through – Tom Petty Nation, that sort of brings fans together as a community. You've had a chance, I think, right, to sort of meet up with other fans at, at gigs and sort of meet people who you not necessarily would have done. And that's been yeah. my favourite part of doing this is, it's like there's a huge community out there of Tom Petty fans who are just nuts about him and nuts about him as well as his music. Because when I started this, I, I kind of thought, well, I'm sure there's a Facebook group or something. There'll be there'll be a few people who I can sort of maybe connect with and might listen to this podcast. Found the TPN, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like serious, full-on I, I need to listen. I need to pay attention and listen to these people because these people know what's going on. So, so when did you, were you in sort of the, the fan club before the Tom Petty Nation or did yes. the Tom Petty Nation? When, okay. So I wanted to talk in, about that. Yeah. I was in the fan club first, the Highway Companions Club first. Yep. And that's how you, you know, we're supposed to get tickets ahead of time. Here, I have something else I want to show you. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Little, little, little tidbits of things because this is something that I never um, shared. So my post-it pad, I still have paper. Yeah. This was my, this was my uh, Highway Companions Club code to go in and be able to purchase tickets. Okay. Ever since I wrote this down, I've never, I've never used this pad again. And I probably <laughs> never will. And I'm like, why do I still have this? I can't use it. But it's important to me. Yeah. So. No, it- it's a link back to a very happy time, right? I, I think we've all got those things. I don't think that's crazy at all. And I, I know that, you know, seeing when people do share these things through the through the nation, it's just, it's always magical, I think, because you get in, okay, it's just a ticket or it's just a poster or it's just a, but it's so much more than that. That person's sharing this because it means something to them, right? And I just, I, yes. that, that love that comes out of that sort of community, I just find fantastic. And the admins, you know, Keith and his team do such a fantastic job of keeping everything everything's respectful, everything's legit, you know, and I, I just, it's such a nice family to be part of. I spend way too much time in that group every day, so <laughs> <laughs> waste a lot of time in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love that page, and I have to say, it was a lot smaller. Like, once Tom passed, yeah, it kind of exploded. I mean, there was only about, I think, ten or 12,000 people in that group before he passed, right. and, and uh, then it kind of you know, morphed into something else. And, and it's, yeah. and it's still, it's still good. Like for me, it's kind of hard because I really love sharing stuff that I don't know. Some, a lot of times it's things I think maybe people haven't seen or um, I, I, I like sharing facts and things about his career and like that kind of stuff really is so important to me just because it's, it's in my blood, I think. And, yeah. and, and uh, there's a lot of minutiae in there now that kind of makes me crazy because, you know, I think we were talking um, before this about stuff disappearing down in the, when it, when it gets posted, a lot of yep. things just kind of fade away before they have a chance to be seen. But there's, there's so many things that get repeated and, and silly stuff, you know, yep. and, and I mean, if it were my page, I would have, it, I would have it a little different and, it, and it's definitely changed over time. Right, because the family's now involved with the page, and 
yeah, but I, mean, I still. And it's difficult to manage that many people. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's 40, what, some 40, 46, 47 now? Or something, something around there? Like something like that. It's around pretty there. high, maybe 49 by now. Yeah, and so just dealing with the amount of content that's being posted, right? And I said, I was talking to someone about this because I run a, a page for something different. It would be lovely if Facebook could, like if you had two people shared the same video, you know, within sort of an hour of each other, that clutters things up a little bit. So it would be nice if Facebook just said, well, this has already been shared. Would you just want to comment on the other post? Like even something like that would be so handy, it'd be so helpful. And it would take a lot of work off those admins because again, they've all got jobs. This is just, they're doing this off the side of their desk. I know. I mean, my big thought on that was, when new people join that group, they should be muted for six months so they can read what's in there and then get an idea of what ought to be going on. Because, you know, I know people want to share things in life events and not everybody has the same experience, but um, I kind of wish they would see what the page, what I like the page as. And, you know, yeah. of course, I'm not, I'm not an admin on that page. So yeah, no, <laughs> it's I'm just not Totally understand what you're saying, though, and I think that's where some of these other Facebook groups do sprout up, right? Because they just want to take it in a slightly different direction and make yeah. it a little bit, a little bit quieter and a little bit smaller. And you know, the Tom Petty Fans Forever group that Gwen runs, I love. That's one of my favorite ones too. And and again, all these things for for my podcast, like you said, I listen very very carefully because there's lots of really useful information that isn't in you know it's not in Paul Zolo's book or it's not in the interviews. And when you can, if you can go back and you can fact check it and make sure that it's accurate, which it almost always ends up being it's like okay well this is just a rich repository of information about tom and his life and of course dana's in there as well which makes it very very special because she shares her memories of photos that people share and it's that's just she's again, so we, great oh i mean what a saint hey yes i just love her and and i have to say tom petty nation is for the most part the only reason i'm on facebook like i you know i'm on my own page but yeah. that's why i'm there that's the best page out there. And, you know, I, yeah. you know, I see other pages and stuff and I belong to a few other Tom Petty groups, but um, this one for me is King. Of course. Yeah. And like I said, because the estate is involved, you get, we get exclusive content. We find out about things going up in the store before other people do and all those kinds of things. Right. And of course the, the serious XM announcements and all that stuff. So, and Mark Felser is obviously engaged with everything. So having that, having everyone who's actually, who's actually really connected to Tom involved in that, it, that changes it, right? So that, that makes it a different type of group that you don't get. And to be honest with you, I don't, I'm members of like a Queen fan group, a Beatles fan group. There's no, you don't have that direct line. You don't have that direct connection to people who actually knew Tom. I don't either worked with him or obviously was married to him, you know, so it just, it changes the whole tenor of the conversation in that group, which I, I think is just fantastic. Mm. So were you, did you sort of join, did the fan club send out a sort of a message saying that we're flipping this to a Facebook group or how did that all go down when the group started? I found out about TPN at the Mud Crutch show. I met a woman there who belonged to the group and we just started talking because I was just so excited to be there because yeah. it was a big, long stretch for me from when I saw him. And I just started talking to this woman and, and uh, we were on and on talking and she told me she was from Idaho and I was like, Oh, well you're on Facebook. And I wasn't because I hated Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to send you a friend request. And then she told me about TPN and I was like, Oh, I'll have to check it out. So I checked it out a little bit before I joined. Cause yeah. I just wasn't into the group thing at that time. I just really <laughs> was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
what it eats a lot. It's like I said, I I spend sometimes far too much time in that group just just scrolling through and read. But it, again, it's that thing of I think once you start reading people's stories and once you start getting into the the sort of the sentimentality of it, you can lose you can lose an hour or two hours because it's just so it's so enjoyable slipping back into a time when Tom was still around and still making new music. You just, it get, rolls everything back, right? So, because again, I mean, I got into him much, much later in life. Obviously, I knew Full Moon Fever. I had that on cassette when I was, and I would have been, I don't know, 16 or 17 or something. So I, I knew those songs. And of course, they were everywhere on the radio. Those songs, they were everywhere on MTV. But then I got into him about sort of nine, 10 years ago. I thought, well, I like a lot of these songs. And I'd sort of clued in a bit more that this is an artist that maybe I would love and went back and started listening to the catalogue. And so when I put the first records, oh, yeah, that's a good set of songs. Second record's good. Damn the Torpedoes and Hard Promises. Well, that's like, okay, this guy's the real deal. So now I really have to get into it. And then when I heard Wildflowers, that was just the, okay, this guy's a genius. This guy's an absolute genius, right? Because that album is just, I still, I, I still stand by. It's probably the most perfect rock and roll record that anyone's ever recorded, in my opinion. It's great. I mean, you're not going to get a complaint about me, yeah. <laughs> from me. And we know so much about it too, because with the documentary, we got all that backstory and you get sort of that, again, it just, it connects you more closely to the music, I think. Yes. Yes. And uh, did you get to go see the documentary? Uh, the Wildflowers doc? Yeah, so I, I got in and I, I, I was on, on the screen, as, as were you, which was a wonderful surprise, right? And so That's getting right. in, yeah. and I t- but I, it's funny because I took my friend, I said, do you want to go watch this Tom Petty documentary about Wildflowers? And he's a musician, I knew he'd enjoy it. But I didn't, but I didn't tell him that they would, the fans were doing that and that and so I was going on the screen and, and it kind of turns and looks at me. He said, did you know about this? Like, yeah, I did. Kevin, I did the same thing <laughs> oh, to my friend, who is also a musician. He's in the our local Tom Petty tribute band. Oh, cool. And I invited him to come down to the show, and he did. And I did the same thing. I didn't tell him. And he was sitting right here, and he was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> But what a cool thing to do for the fans, eh? Well, just to, I mean, they don't need to do that. And that's what I'd like to say, it really sort of, treats the fans with respect the same way that Tom did and then continued that legacy, which again is just so important and would have been so important to Tom. So do you, you have, know, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say when they, when they asked us to do those videos, they didn't tell us what they were using it for. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was going to be used in Gainesville, you know, at, yeah. around his birthday. So I was like, okay, yeah, that was even better. And are you heading down to Gainesville this year for the, for the birthday bash or? Yes. Yeah. And I know, I know you're not going, but I'm going to this one. Yeah, you need to go. Oh, you need, you need to go. Well, next year, yeah, next year's my it's my wife and I's 25th anniversary, and so we're planning a San Diego trip, and so I'm sort of already budgeting to say, okay, well, in October we should go on a second trip. You know, 25 years doesn't come around everyone, so we should do a second trip. Where do you want to go? Should, oh, uh, Gainesville, Florida, maybe we'll we'll do that. <laughs> you should go this year. You won't be disappointed. I'm but, just telling. Yeah. Okay, I know. I get budget. it. I know. It's hard. It's hard. Especially with flights. How much flights cost at the moment here? It's craziness. But it's going to be a good gig. So, and I think that, you know, obviously there's a bit of controversy around the way things are happening, the way things are shaking out. But to me, it's just, just go and celebrate Tom. Go celebrate Tom's music. That's, that's all this is. I mean, whoever is organizing it and however that all shakes out, that's a different thing. Just go enjoy the music because there's going to be some great acts there. I hope Jake's going down there again. I think he might be playing this year. So. And I was talking to um, a guy named Jeff Slate, who he was another guy who played at that um, the the fundraiser there uh, two three years ago or something. But Jake was on the bill, and mm-hmm. he said the same thing. He said, 
Yeah, and he said it's just it's great to bring all those people and even even you know musicians like Jim Keltner or you know the Orbison Boys and those kinds of things. All these people who are stars in their own right to to a degree, they all love Tom Petty's music. All of them, every single one. Like Steve Ferroni was a fan before he became in the band, right? Like that's just crazy to think that you're a fan and suddenly you're the drummer for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Give me a break. I know, I know. He's the only one I ever met. Okay, great guy, hey. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's one of my bucket list guests for my part. I really <laughs> want to talk to him. So, One thing I was talking to um, John Paulson about is I think that your relationship with an artist's music changes as you grow older and the songs take on can take on different meanings. Obviously, a certain song, like if you know, if there's a certain song that you're, was your kid's favorite, that's always going to be special because it's your kid's favorite song or the first song that they heard or whatever. But as you grow older and as you sort of mature, I think you you see more in those songs, right? And especially if you've ever gone through breakup or you've had any sort of trauma in your life, when you look back at things like Echo or She's the One or Wildflowers, you see that pain differently. Yes. So do you, do you think that, like, has your relationship with Tom's music changed in any significant ways over the time you've been listening to him, do you think? I know I it's think a tough question. But. With some of the older songs, you know, a lot of them I have, you know, those teenage angsty years attached to them and and with boyfriends at that time but even now some of those songs are coming out because I do uh, find myself taking some of those songs and putting them to new situations that are going on currently or around now absolutely it's a a powerful (laughs) thing it's a powerful thing isn't it to be able to have this body of work that's so important to so many people and has, has stayed consistently important for so long. There's not, you know, there's not many people who pull that off the same way that Tom did. I've talked to this with lots of people, you know, like I said, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I'm a huge Queen fan. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of lots of different bands, but there's something, there's something about the way I connect with Tom's songwriting. That's just totally different to anyone else. And I don't know what it is. I can't really explain why I feel so moved by it. In 2018, um, Tom Petty Radio was down in Gainesville and they were asking some of us questions. And and I remember one of the things I said, because I, I'm, I'm sure I said a lot of things that I don't remember, but one of the things I said is his music is so relatable because he's not he's not putting any drama you know like the hairband drama into his songs he's just he's just singing about things that are just normal things that happen in people's lives and he's just so good at it the best song storyteller i know of and i think that's 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 for me the big thing is like all those songs were like they they instantly connect you yeah. And it's, it's again, it's that sort of, like I've, I rage constantly about, I think he's one of the most underrated rock vocalists of all time. People don't give him nearly enough credit for how superb a vocalist he was. And a, the Heartbreakers are a great band. But again, as a songwriter, some of those lines just, they brought, like some days are diamonds, some days are rocks. It's such a simple line, but it's so powerful. And you think, man, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> that one line, if I'd written that one line, that would be, that would be, that'd be fine. I'd retire tomorrow, you know what I mean? And there was, so, but there was one, it was almost, one of those lines in every single song. There's a line when I'm doing my pod, like almost song, every song, I'm like, that line is just, it's just, and it's almost thrown away sometimes. It's like the second line in the second verse. 
So it's not part of the chorus and it's not the big hook that he's hanging the song around, but it's just this little bit of wisdom or a little sort of slant on how he phrases things. It's and again, just better than anyone else. He, he did that so consistently. Good. So, yeah. So good. And I have to say, you know, his draw, like, especially yeah. on the earlier albums, it was just so different from everything that I, that I'd heard, but it was really, really endearing. And I was almost a little bit offended because like, <laughs> <laughs> since he's been in California, you know, he's taken on more of, of, that dialect yep. and he sounds completely different you know near the end of his career you can see it really changed in the 90s at the end of the 90s things really started changing um with his voice and and it's all fine but like i love the way he sounded and yeah. and i think it was a a big part of what i liked about him yeah well did so when you saw the southern accents tour did they do spike yep oh because that one right because that's that everything you just said that you can wrap that up in a nice little ball spike is that beautiful sort of slick oily kind of sassy mm-hmm. drawly kind of you know story and, and it's just it's the perfect encapsulation of, of what he could do when it when he was at his yeah great yes love it love and his, it but he said you know and i've talked about this lots too his voice changed his voice the timber of his voice changed and so the you know the, obviously as you grow older and as you, if you smoke all the time it's going to change your voice but he could he could affect a different voice depending on what character he was ha- inhabiting in a story. So again, you think about, you know, American Girl and then look at um, something like um, Cabin Down Below or then you look at US 41 from Mojo, you almost wouldn't think that's the same singer. If you just threw that at someone who didn't know that it was Tom Petty, they probably would think, oh, is that the, is that the same guy singing those three songs? I think he did take on a different persona for songs because I can almost pull out songs that he's done and I'm like, this one reminds me of Springsteen. This one reminds me of the birds. This one yeah. reminds me. And, and that happened a lot with his music. And, and I could tell, you know, he was drawing from those places because those are all things he grew up with and, and knew. And he, he paid tribute to them in his music, but not obviously. Yeah, not sort of, it was never cynical either, right? It was never, oh, I'm going to, Springsteen's hot right now. Let's let's try and send it a little bit more like Springsteen. That was never the case. And he, No, um, but the song is uh, Keeping Me Alive. Listen to it. You will hear it. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, and I'm going to listen to that immediately as we're done, because I think you're right. In the beginning of the song, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, Springsteen's inflection in that song and yeah. I kind of hear it as as like a tribute and I know Adria said you know later um she really appreciated that song because her dad used to talk about not having money for gas and things like that but that song to me that's his little tribute to them and they were you know they were friends and yeah oh. <laughs> so i branch out i'm not just i'm not just like all strictly tom i mean yeah i i uh i don't know other things and other things he's connected to and if he's on other albums like even if it's one song yeah i'll collect that that also and you know he was at the no nukes concert so i have the you know the springsteen album for that even yeah. though you know it's 99% Springsteen, but yeah. that's okay. You know, I'd like him too, but yeah. I, I, I kind of keep branching out because I keep finding other things that are just 
fantastic that he had to do with even if even if it's not right in the music forefront i just still you know really like learning about those things yeah and so a good example of that is the the john prine album that howie produced and the Tom and Mike and Benmont, they all they all played on that. They were the house band for John Prine, who's another artist that I love. And when I found that out, and it's this thing, it's this thing, the more you dig, oh, he was on this album. Oh, and he was he was uh, Johnny Cash's backing band. And yes. he toured with and he toured with Dylan and he did this. And it's like, my God, the number of people who clearly wanted that band, not just Tom, they wanted the Heartbreakers, just shows how really good they were, right? Yes. As a band. And I have to tell you, Kevin, like even thinking about talking to you today, it really, really made me happy because, I mean, people around me know I love talking about Tom Petty, but like talking to you about it, because I know this is going to be, we're going to go somewhere with this. It really, really got me excited. And I was thinking, well, when's the last time I kind of felt like this? And I thought, I kind of felt like this when I was in Gainesville, because, you know, of course, you got to go by his house and go to where he went to school and go to the park and, and all that. But I, you know, I met, I met one of his close childhood friends. Yeah. um, And he toured me around and showed me all the spots. Like here's where Tom accidentally backed his mom's car into the lake on a date. (laughs) Here's the Glen Springs pool where he wrote that song. Um, You know, is that ever cool? Yeah. I mean, so that was really exciting, but like just going back there, even though I've, I've been there, I, I've been to Gainesville three times now. Yeah. And uh, every time I go back, I mean, I totally look forward to it. And you're right. Those ticket prices were outrageous, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't care. I haven't gone anywhere for three yeah. years. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You, and you just kind of hit on something there too, that I've, I've observed over and over and over again. Every, it seems like every single person either connected with Tom through you know, through the music side or through the family side or just the fans themselves, everyone's so cool. Like I've not had a single person saying, no, I don't want to be on the podcast. I've not had a single person I've spoken to who isn't just like in love with Tom and loves talking, loves talking about Tom Petty, right? And even again, just like John Scott or Paul Zolo immediately said, yeah, I'd love to jump on. I'd love talking about Tom. Of course I would. Of course I'll do it. Because everyone just loves talking about Tom. And again, if, if you're not, you know, if you're not married to a petty head or you're not sort of, if you don't have friends who are really deep into it, this is where we got to get it out. This is what these are the people I can talk to about this thing that I'm so passionate about. You know, yes, I'm sure. You, I'm well, sure you find the same fun. thing. So yeah, and 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 good. You know, I I was really looking forward to it. Well, when I, it's funny because I was t- talking to a, my I was recording a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to Randy about the, about the podcast and he said so. When you set out to do this, like, was the initial plan was just to do the albums, right? I thought, yeah, I'm just gonna I'll do the albums, and oh, I should throw Mudcutch in as well. And then I found out that's the, at that point, that's what I found out about playback and about American treasure. And it's like, oh, this is going to take me a lot longer than I thought it was. I'm, this is not like four years. This is now seven years that I've got that I get to sit down and do this, which is not a chore at all. But it's just a big project because there's so much material, right? It's and great- I know one of, you, one of your questions. The one question I remember was pick an album. Like, yeah. gun to your head, pick an album. The, the worst question, right, for any fan is like, yeah. Well, you know, whenever people put those questions up, I never, ever, yeah. ever respond. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, of course, they're all special. And I know a lot of people say that. Yeah. But I mean, if I had to think about it, I mean, I'm such a huge fan because I was listening to them 
ever, you know, way back in the beginning, like those older albums are really super dear to me. And that's when a lot of life changes happen. You know, you're going through your teens and your early twenties and breakups and moving across the country and, and, and all that stuff. So, um, I guess I'll say one that is super incredibly important to me is the second album. Okay. And, and, uh, I, I, it's it's really important to me yeah. and and that one that one stands out a lot because it the songs had such an urgency to them yeah and you know they're about love and you know there's, there's passion still, in them yeah yes very passionate i was a yeah. teen then and you know all kinds of hormones flying around <laughs> and, and and he was sick when he made that album um, okay i don't think he, I knew he had that. a he had a pretty bad cold yeah, and and you can hear it in some of the songs. Go back and listen. Yeah, lots can, of voice definitely sounds. You, you could tell. Okay, I'll have to check that. Yeah, but well, some, um, on some great songs and again, some great deep cuts on an album, right? Like "Hurt" is a fantastic track. "Magnolia" is a great track. "Hurt" and you "Too know. Much Ain't Enough." Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Those Too much songs. I'm just like, let's go, let's go. That's that guitar lick, that guitar lick that Mike plays in "Too Much Ain't Enough," but it's like, where did this come from? This is electric. It's fantastic. Yes, I love yeah. I love Mike Campbell again. Yes. Vastly underrated rock and roller. Like doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should from sort of the the guitar gods kind of lists that come out. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, two of the words I hate most <laughs> that are that are attached to Tom and the band are overlooked and underrated. They yeah. drive me crazy, and I keep thinking. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You know, and then I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But every time I see that, I'm just like, stop it. He's not, I mean, he's, he's, when you're a fan, he's not that way to you. So, of course, of course. I always like to leave that way out of my vocabulary just because it drives me crazy because that's, I know, and it's not how I feel, but it's like, if you're on that fan page, you shouldn't be saying that because, you know, that's a fair I, point. I, I know, I, and I understand why and where where it comes from, but like it makes me nuts. I just yeah. can't. <laughs> well, I shall endeavour to stop using it because you, I think you, you've convinced me. You've made a very good, solid argument for not using those two words, so I'm going to take them out of my okay. lexicon. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Okay, so your second question: Yes, Mud Crutch or Traveling Wilburys? Okay, now I remember <laughs> you asked me that one, and that one that one's like a really unfair question because it's not just. A group of guys like yeah. traveling Wilburys is, you know, like you you found the land of the magical unicorns, <laughs> and, and and they're all in one room together. And you yeah. thought there was only one unicorn, but now there's several unicorns. It's just <laughs> that's that's just so hard. And I mean, I I was aware of the Wilburys before I was aware of Mud Crutch. So I mean, and and the Wilburys are just so. And they have videos out. I mean, it's yeah. kind of unfair comparison. So I, I can't because you know, one, is, one is a super group and the other one is a super group of guys, you know, that, that made great music. So I yeah. can't, I feel like that's an apple and an orange. It's a great answer. And it's a real shame. I always think how, how cool it would have been to see that band live if they'd ever managed to play live. Because you know George Harrison's idea, right, was to get the train, travel around the country on the train, drop the sides, play the gig, and then pack up and go. Like, how yes. cool. would it be so unique, you know? Yes. I have their I have their book, too. I, 
I have some books in the drawer. Yeah. God, I just, I thought, <laughs> Kevin, you should come over and see my stuff. You'd love it. Well, if I'm down in Denver, I 100% will. 100% will. Cause, and I think that would be a, a, good, a good way to waste an entire afternoon. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump back in and, and give you another question. Yes, sir. So if you could join the Heartbreakers on stage for one song, what would it be and what instrument would you play or would you sing? And this is assuming we're going to pretend that you, if you don't play, you can. And if you don't love singing or you don't think you have a good voice, that you do. So that's just a hypothetical. Which one would you go with? Okay. I would I would not play an instrument because I can't. And, and even though you said if I could, I think I would, I think I would just sing. What yep. song would I sing? Um, one of the older ones, for sure. Um, I think when I, because I do, of course, sing along a lot, and yep. I think I harmonize pretty well with Tom's voice. Oh, cool. Okay. So, um, um, what song would I sing? I don't know. You know, there's some songs when I'm when I'm singing along. You know, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. And I and I think I would have sounded good as one of his backup singers. Yeah. But like now that you put me on the spot and asked me. Don't know. The little cloud is empty. <laughs> the thought cloud. That's I don't fine, know, Kevin. That's fine, though. I think just even just knowing that I think if, you're, if you can do harmonies and you can sing backing vocals, that's a cool thing, right? I mean, that's and no one's answered that before. So that's pretty good. Okay, next question. This is another one that's kind of like your favorite album and you can choose to sort of sidle around it or work around it if you want to. Do you have a favorite band member other than Tom or one of the band members maybe that you sort of connect to in a fairly significant or special way? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, the only one I ever connected with was was Steve Steve, because I met him. But um, no, I mean, for me, it's always been Tom and it's never been anybody else. And I love Mike's guitar. so much you know i love everything he's done with the band and just the sound that they all completed together sorry yeah Yeah, i mean for me it always has been and always will be tom and like you know i i i i check out some of the the mike campbell groups and like i like them and i got to go see them and i was very i was very glad to see them i had tickets to see them in aspen and i didn't get to go because they changed the date there was right. this date, then it was this date, yeah. then it was this date. And and with all the changes, even with the hotel, because I had my hotel booked and everything, it was going to wind up costing even more. It was, it w- to break it down, so the tickets were $100, a little yeah. over $100 for two tickets. It would have cost $150 in gas to drive up there. It's four hours away. It's in the mountains. And the hotel would have been another $500. So it was like out outrageous you know and and i had already i have a job so you know i had already gotten the time off and then i added a day and then i was like oh my god and i really wanted to go and then there was flash flood warnings up there and all kinds of weather going on up there so i wound up not going but i also had tickets i saw them in denver i had tickets for the boulder show the day before and i've had these tickets for years yeah, two, right? two three years yeah and um i had a back injury so um i could have gone to the boulder show but i didn't because i was afraid of being in the car would agitate yeah. me back totally. and i had just gotten an injection in my spine a couple of days before and i was like i don't think i can 
handle it. It was kind of a freak accident, but um, it's awful. It's better. It's 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 better now. At least nothing's going on now. So. Oh, so when you saw when you saw Mike, was Margot Price with them or not? Because that's that's no, my dream was, is to see them sing. Them. I mean, I I did see them with Stan, which was which was awesome oh. for me because you know I've yeah. seen Stan. You know, yeah, I go. I've seen almost every iteration of the band though. The only version I did not see was when Steve and Howie were together. I've okay. seen every other version i saw the pre you know i saw the original ron i saw with howie you know yeah and and I, the later versions yeah. but the only one was just the howie and the the howie and steve combination is the only one i missed out on that would, have been, would have been cool too yeah okay so speaking speaking of live gigs then your next question is if you could go to see any tom petty concert from history that you weren't at which one would you choose Oh, I would go see like the dogs with wings or a wildflowers tour. Cause I didn't get to see that. Yeah. So that would, that would for sure be for me. And, and I mean, I'm so sorry. I missed out on that stuff, but yeah. life got in the way. Absolutely. And I'm, I never got to see him live at all. So you're way ahead of where I am. Right. So, okay. So question number seven, Walls circus or walls number three, which oh. version, which version do you prefer? If you prefer it depends. one of It depends on the mood because if I'm a little more, mm, I want to hear circus, you yeah. know, if I, if I just want to be more purist, I want to hear regular walls. So I, I mean, I like them both. And those were, that question went around, I think around 2017 or 18. And I remember, and I think I remember I chose regular walls because I was like, I like that. You know, I love live versions and that's another yeah. thing I collect. I love live recordings of bands i even bought a cassette from a guy in england whose sister <laughs> recorded a show with who knows what you know probably brought the little tape recorder yeah. to the concert in 87 but i'm just like i don't care i want to hear how they sounded yeah that's all yep. i care about and and the recording was great i was like thank you yeah oh yeah those bootleg tapes i mean i used to there's a store in manchester in a thing called the corn exchange which isn't there anymore which was a hide for that it was sort of like that's where all the bootlegs were that's where all the these the demo tapes you could always find and finding these little same thing like i picked up a queen one from 74 so before they broke before they were big and the sound quality isn't great but you hear as soon as you hear freddie's voice cut through it's like whoa they sounded so good back then as a young upstart band you know Okay, your next question. This one's this one's a tough one. This, th- this one's actually thrown up some really good answers too. Um, if you could pick any artist to cover any Tom Petty song, which artist and which song would you go with? Mm. And again, so it was obviously there's been tons and tons of Tom Petty covers, but... What I would probably have loved... Could this be someone that's not alive? 100%. Anyone, yep. I think I would probably love to have heard John Lennon sing. A Tom song. Oh, there we go. Man, now we've got to think about what song, though. Something off one of those first two albums, I think, would work with Lennon. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I'd really have to think about it since I, you know, I haven't thought about that ever before. But I would I would love that because, you know, I know they were supposed to, supposed to meet. And all, you know, I was home. That that's one thing I heard right when it happened because I'm home in New Jersey. Yeah, you know it was probably a school night. 
listening to the radio. It was after 11 o'clock at night, you know, so I had to have the radio lower. I was going to get yelled at. Yeah. And, and I heard them announce that he was, that he was shot. And, you know, you know, the story, he was going to be in the studio the next day and Tom was recording there and this was hard promises. And, you know, this of course, you know, a few months later is when I got to see them the first time. So it all, you know, it's all, all, back all swirling around. And I, I mean, just to think about him doing that because Tom had such reverence for him. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, Elvis too, because now, you know, Elvis sang a completely different, but gospel Elvis, I mean, I could hear it, you know, and Tom did one of his songs. Yeah. So, I mean. Mm. How about John Lennon singing too much ain't enough? Yeah. His voice yeah. for that one would be. That yeah. would be rad. Yeah. I just, I just, and I hope nobody chose him before. <laughs> no, no. That's, and, and again, it's one of those things where everyone's answer has been like, totally, that's what needs to happen. That's exactly, you're exactly right. And so, okay. Yeah. It, and and I guess it's, you know, it's, it goes back to what's important to me in my head and yeah. just going back <laughs> in time. But like, you know, I love that Tom, I'll tell you, Tom, you know, Tom saying "Wooden Heart," "Wooden Heart" yep. is an Elvis song, and uh, that's the song I listen to every time I get on a plane because I am a little nervous when I get on the plane when I first yep. get on there, and I listen to that song, and I listen to that flying to L.A. for the last show, and I don't know, it's a big deal. But I mean, I love <laughs> I love Elvis too, and you know, Tom did his song, so I could probably hear Elvis doing one of his songs too, but it, more in his gospely, not his, you know, not the campy stuff so much. Yeah. Southern accents maybe or something like that would be kind of interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, they would do yeah. something I like mean, that, right? I mean, Johnny Cash did it. Yeah. So. Okay, we've got two questions left for you. So you'd like yes. the next one. So what song do you most frequently recommend to people who don't know Tom's music? Like, do you have a recommendation? We say, well, listen to this. This is why I well, like Tom Petty. And I'm going to start with, unfortunately, I, I recommend the more popular stuff because it's it's more likely something that they would have heard that they'll go, oh, that's, yeah, that's who that is. Because when they're not fans, you got to find some way to connect them. And you yeah. can't really connect them with with Hurt or, or these songs that, you know, not everybody necessarily knows because you got to get them there first. And yeah. then they'll they'll hook in on their own, I think. So it's got to be, it's got to be one of the hits. It's got to be like Mary Jane's Last Dance or, you know, Free Fallen. Because people have heard those, whether they think they did or not, they've heard them. That's the other thing too. Like I I always think about, you know, fans tend, we tend to gravitate toward deep cuts just because we've all heard the hits so often. Mm -hmm. And so you really like listening to the stuff off, you know, Deep on Echo or like Joe from Last DJ or something like that, right? I don't know. That's what I always go back to now. But when you go back, like I was telling someone else that I don't listen to Bohemian Rhapsody much anymore by Queen. I don't listen to Stay Away to Heaven by Zep very often. I love those songs, but they're in there. I know them, right? I don't necessarily listen to it. But American Girl, Free Falling, Won't Back Down, those, those big Mary Jane's Last Dance, they're such good songs, even though they're big, huge, popular songs. They're very, very well written still, and so I still yeah. love listening to those songs anytime they come on. You know what? Yeah, like with Zeppelin, they played "Stairway to Heaven" on the radio so much, and it wins yeah. like all the battles all the time. But like for me, I would sit and listen to, and I'm trying to remember the name of it because I, I have the live album. I like listening to the live version 
yeah. of Led Zeppelin. That's one thing I would be sitting on the couch with the headphones yeah. on right next to the stereo because the cord's only this long. And, a song, and song, The song remains the same, that album? Yes. Yeah, the live song album. remains yeah. the same and no yeah. quarter. I mean, you know how yeah. long those are? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Awesome. Love okay. Your last quick fire question. Yes. And then we can probably wrap up. Um, is describe Tom Petty in three words. My absolute favorite. Succinct, descriptive, absolutely perfect. I love it. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, I got to. I, I shouldn't keep you too much longer. We've been talking an hour and a half, and that's fantastic. Um, so the artist you said, Highway Companion, Robert Daber, is that the? Robert Daker drew the cover for Highway Companions. Yes. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, because I I love that artwork on that album. His artwork is fantastic. It's really tongue in cheek and yeah. and like it's like you look at it and you're like ah, <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, I'll check I'll check it out for sure then. Yeah, because I like a very like I'm not I'm certainly not an art nerd, um, but there's certain things art's like music in a lot of ways, right? Where it just it either grabs you or it doesn't, and stuff like that really grabs me. Like I said, that album cover is, and because it's so different to anything else they ever did as an album cover, obviously it's a solo record. But I know it's like what's with that monkey? Yeah, and exactly. I, you know, a lot of times I remember like from t- '60s TV shows they used to call monkeys companions. I don't know why, but that's oh, where yeah. it brings me back to. And and it's just like okay, I get it. I get the monkey is the companion, but it's just such a funny cover. Yeah, it's and, odd. And yeah, once I looked into him and and his artwork, it's like it's amazing stuff. And that book, even if you get a copy of that book, that book is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. Okay. Well, you better go. Don't get yourself in trouble. No. Thank <laughs> you so yeah, much. Let's talk again soon. Absolutely. It's lovely meeting you soon. Finally. So. You too. Okay. Take care. Bye, Kev. Bye. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed that one. Um, look out this coming week for the video tour of Janet's incredible collection of memorabilia. Please remember that you can continue to support humanitarian efforts in the Ukraine in many different ways. And I would urge you to do so even if you already have done. Um, as always, I've added a link to the Red Cross donation page in the episode notes, and I will continue to do that until the war in Ukraine uh, is over. Uh, the Tom Petty Project is a proud member of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Um, if you like nerding out over your favorite bands, go check them out on Twitter at Deep Dive Podnet and see if there's a pod dedicated to your favorite artist. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Tom Petty Project and on Twitter at Tom Petty Project. And of course, you can find me on YouTube. So follow, like, subscribe as applicable and please leave a rating if you haven't done that already. Um, keep talking to me on social media. It's always a gas talking to you guys um, and gals and anything in between. Um, if I don't get back to you as quickly on Instagram, again, I apologize. It's the platform that I just I don't spend as much time on Instagram. Um, the Tom Petty Project is not affiliated with the Tom Petty Estate in any way. And when you're looking for Tom's music, please visit the official YouTube channel first to try and find what you're looking for. Go to TomPetty.com for official merchandise. Uh, And don't forget to check out the Tom Petty Nation and Tom Petty Fans Forever groups on Facebook if you're not already a member of those, as they are excellent fan communities and well worth hanging out in. Um, Until we meet again next week, keep listening to and sharing Tom's music. Try to be kind. 
Try to say I love you to someone at least once a day. Stay safe and healthy. And I'll be back with you next week to do the album wrap of Hard Promises with my friend, John Paulson. Bye-bye. <laughs>